Welcome to Local Drag. It's a podcast about local drag queens and their thoughts and opinions on RuPaul's Drag Race and the world of drag. My name is Laveau Contraire, and I'm the voodoo queen of New Orleans, here to put you all under my spell. Tune in each week as I interview one of my favorite squirrel friends and recap the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race and give our unfiltered opinion on the queens of season 13 and Drag Race UK. <laughs> Every week I host a virtual viewing party for RuPaul's Drag Race, and Drag Race UK is no different. So on Thursdays we have the UK viewing party, and then on Fridays we do the US viewing party. It's live on Zoom, and we'd love to have you, so check out my social media for information. Since it's the first week of Drag Race UK, I wanted to invite my favorite queen from across the pond, Sally Trademark. Striking, starry-eyed, and smelly, Sally Trademark has been taking out a leap of a year. Recognized as a DIY damsel under house arrest and a love for the arts, both draggy and digitally. Are you ready to hear from Sally Trademark? Well, you'll have to wait until right after these messages. Hi, Sally. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? doing well what time is it there (laughs) it's currently it's close to 8 p.m oh my gosh it is close to 2 p.m here which i think is amazing time zones are just fascinating (laughs) (laughs) um first i want to thank you so much for staying up till 2 a.m to do the virtual viewing party for episode one of drag race uk i am forever in your debt because that's amazing Oh, that's no bother. I mean, hey, life of an animator. We ha- we stay up that late <laughs> usually, so it's totally fine. <laughs> I feel you. I'm like, you know, I try to go to bed at a reasonable time these days, but I'm still no stranger to be a night owl. I feel like I like staying up late and I like waking up early. It's just that middle of the day area where I'm like, yep, I need a nap. <laughs> Absolutely. Same. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about how you got started in drag. So uh, this is funny. Um, I, I'm from Generation Rue. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us are sort of about um, so RuPaul's Drag Race and thought, oh, that's really fun. I would like to do that. But I didn't know about Drag Race. I only found out about Drag Race through one of the girls. And um, it was around the time when Willem from season four of RuPaul's Drag Race US, she was doing um, Willem's Beatdown on The Stylish, like a YouTube channel. And all through the summer period, I just watched this. I thought, I genuinely thought Willem was a woman. I was like, (laughs) oh my God, this woman is so funny. She's so quick. And then- She would love to hear that. Honestly, she probably would. (laughs) But um, I I was just like, oh my God, that's so good. And then- I remember the quote, it was, wig, I'm not familiar. And I was like, wig, a wig. And then at the sidebar it said, Willem, best moments from RuPaul's Drag Race. And I was like, I heard of who RuPaul was, but I didn't know what RuPaul's Drag Race is all about. So it just really spiraled from there. Like someone who was so confident and so quick witted, I was like, wow, I would love to do that because you know as as gay children we don't really have a lot of um you know we don't have a lot of influences apart from cartoons like i remember um the powerpuff girls him that was quite yes. <laughs> him Absolutely. was like everyone's like 
huge sort of reference, I guess, for like <laughs> being gay, I guess. Yes. Um, but, uh, I love that because I, I feel like it's pretty controversial because of who Willem is, but Willem was also one of my first inspirations when it came to drag because I believe I could be wrong, but I think the first season I actually saw in real time was Willem's season. Yeah. Um, and it was something about the whole, like, my boat is pretty, like, I'm gonna win. And just like the, the wit, like you said, it was just yes. so sharp and so like sassy and confident. And I was just like, wow, like, you're not even the best here, but you have this sort of attitude about you that is just so captivating. Yeah, a star. She was a star. Absolutely. And the stickers were (laughs) (laughs) star-shaped. So, um, yeah, then, I mean, we met because of Tumblr's Drag Race. And for those of you who do not know, Tumblr's Drag Race is this online competition, well, was an online competition (laughs) (laughs) where you basically competed in RuPaul's Drag Race, but like uh, the great value version. And for... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for those who are across the pond that is the equivalent of uh um the pound shop the, there we go pound, the pound shop. shop thank you we have you have the dollar store we have the pound shop or as i like to call it the bargain <laughs> buy area that's what i was looking for the bargain bin um so <laughs> so basically you would take pictures of your mini challenge your main challenge and and some people around the country slash world that you don't know would give you feedback and critiques and then put together a, a sort of package of what happened on this week's edition of Tumblr's Drag Race. And then somebody got sent back to the house that they were already in. So <laughs> I competed <laughs> on cycle seven of RuPaul's Drag Race and so did um, Lilla Millison. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my God, that was, that's a while ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so I chose the drag name Villa Millicent before all of this and um, before all of the the conflama of Tumblr's drag race. And, <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm going to wear all these vintage clothes. So my my name's going to be Millicent or vintage for f- like that was French for vintage. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I got to a point um, because after Tumblr's drag race, so, you know, I competed on the same season as Laveau. Um, I didn't do that well, but um, I came back the next season of which Laveau hosted. Um, because and, I won. Because <laughs> you won, because you, you're a winner, baby. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I literally only won because some people quit. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won because you were the best. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but then I came back and tried to be the best too. And I eventually won with um, Milwaukee's Gluttony Sin. And um, yes. that was really scary. It was it, uh, That was a very scary season. But um, after TDR, I kind of was like, I'm not really feeling the name. Um, I went on to do Lip Sync for Your Life, which um, was hosted by um, a competitor in England called Marcella Fox. And she was like, you should do this. And I was like, sure. But at the time, I was like, I really hate the name. Like, I wasn't wearing much, like, vintage clothes. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really tie myself to the name that I gave myself (laughs) so I um changed it to Sally Trademark or Sally TM but like capitalized you know you got used the symbols and everything and you know 
it got to a point where I was kind of like, well, this is really fierce because it sort of matches the personality that I had on TDR, which was a, a crazy little like kid who was genuine, like a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of matched very well. Yeah. So it's very weird, the little drag journey that we've been on. But it's been I a long it, though. I just want to say for the record that we did ties before RuPaul's Drag Race. So yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. God, yeah, we did. <laughs> Hilarious. So now that you are Sally Trademark, um, I have loved seeing your journey because I literally got to see from the very, very beginning. You saw the same in me. And seeing how far we've come is just beautiful. And it's miles and miles and miles from where we came from. Oh, God, so, yeah, it has. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm super excited to see where you go next. And I can't help watching this first episode of Drag Race UK and thinking like, wow, Sally is going to eat this up. <laughs> so what are, some of your, <laughs> what are some of your aspirations for your drag? I um I really because nowadays drag races became so I I use the word gentrified mm -hmm. <laughs> but like that's the thing you know people go on drag race now and it's always you know it's polished it's you know it's the same four designers and you're like wow that's so crazy and cool it's really fun we have friends that design for the drag race girls as well yes um, um Victoria from yes. New York oh, so amazing and but, um, um, I would beg to differ. Ginny Lemon has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> she would oh like to have a word. <laughs> oh my god, I love Ginny Lemon, but more on that later. I think for my aspirations, I would like to be, um, I would like to continue the way that I'm going, but make it more refined. And you know, I, I just, I, I love going to the charity shop and finding bargains and stuff like that and like really nice things but also I want to start kind of making my own stuff and make it more polished and refined um yeah. because a lot of girls have these polished and refined looks and you want to kind of match that really there's a standard that's being set absolutely I think that that is you know how you can tell how experienced someone is like even if it is you know uh a bit of a mess <laughs> there is a level <laughs> of sort of like refinement to the mess yes. um you know when you look at queens like uh crystal from last season yes, and things where it's like i'm deliberately going outside of the norm and i'm not giving you what you're going to expect but there is thought behind it and it is well put together so i think i i feel you on that and all we can do is continue to try to refine, you know, our act, if, if you want to call it that. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. I, I prefer to call my act um, an art gallery gone wrong. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a beautiful description. It makes so much sense because you also are an artist. You illustrate, you animate, you do a lot. So, yeah. like, what's that like? <laughs> so... I because this is funny. I uh, I've been in quite a lot of like production meetings, and um, one of the producers of a film that I was making, um, and it was an animated film. They turned around and said, um, "And this is um, my dead name, <laughs> my my legal name." And <laughs> they are. I don't know how to describe them. They're a very special person. I was like, "Special person? Huh? What?" But like, <laughs> it's true. Like we 
as we because I mean you're also very creative as well you uh, you you I remember on TDR you were a photographer you are still a photographer mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are you you sing you create music as well like I think as drag queens we have a lot we have a lot of talents and you know both of us are from very creative backgrounds and I think you know it go it does go hand in hand but also it's it's a lot to do <laughs> it is a lot to it's do. a lot it's so many hats to wear because even just inside the microcosm of drag, it's like you got to do hair, you got to do costumes, you got to sew, you got to do makeup, you got to do a lot. So, yes. but I do feel like when I found drag, it was kind of like a light bulb went off between all of the different random things that I did. Like, oh, I can sing, I can act, I can dance and use my photography skills all in this one art form. Sign yes. me the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think that's how I feel at the moment as well with the with the digital drag sort of scene that we are in at the moment. I I really enjoy kind of being able to use the talents that I <laughs> I put a lot of money into, you know, 30 grand to a university that won't pay me back for it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you've got to kind of think like those sort of talents really have helped me shape. I sort of like a little like a cave in the microcosm of drag that is now digital and you know um this is the first christmas for example that i was literally scraping paint off my face because i was doing so much for christmas (laughs) (laughs) so i like i've never had that before i never you know i i would do one picture for christmas and go merry christmas from 7 p.m and that's it (laughs) right right it was this Christmas that was like, can you do this? Can you do that? We're, we're doing a show and we are also doing a show. And I was just like, whoa, this is actually quite crazy. And I mean, you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. When I heard that we were staying at home and making like digital drag numbers, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like I can stay at home. I can film different angles. I can green screen. I can do so much with this honestly <laughs> but um i love hearing about your journey and we could catch up for hours but let's start talking about rupaul's drag race uk who's your favorite queen of all time on rupaul's drag race uk oh my god that's so difficult because i love them all so much no um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite queen of all time on drag race uk i would say um at the moment I absolutely adore Blue Hydrangea. Uh, um, honestly, honestly. I think she is going to be the All-Stars winner if there is an All-Stars of UK. I think so too. Like, I really e- do. Even if there was like an international UK, which I think is it's only a matter of time if they're smart. Um, yeah. I think she would do very well in that just because seeing her on the show was one thing and she was great there but seeing her now like doing her looks and everything that she's doing is just brilliant so I yes I, I agree that one. um what was your favorite lip sync my favorite lip sync and this can be um, either us or uk whatever just your favorite lip sync oh my god that's show. so hard because i love i really okay i have to say um Oh my god, I really enjoy what's what's the one? Dita Ritz versus the Princess. This yes! will be an everlasting love by Natalie Cole. Yes, that, that's two for Dita Ritz on this podcast. <laughs> honestly, listen, I that was because obviously season four was really the first season that I f- found myself watching, and 
it was the way in which not only this was the first sort of lip sync that I saw them lip syncing together as well as against each other. It's that part where it's like um, when they're like from now on and then it's yes. like the love part and like the two of them are just basically dancing across the stage following each other. And it's like, oh, it is that is a lip sync for your life is what Latrice said. And I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's like just a perfect exemplar of what that, you know, so uh, I couldn't agree more. That one is also in my like top three lip syncs ever. Um, so yeah, I love that. So shall we get into season two, or as they say, across the pond, series two? <laughs> oh God, series two, season two, cycle two. If you <laughs> oh gosh, more flashbacks. Yes, on uh-huh. TBR they called them cycles. <laughs> uh, so we start a new series, and um, you know they say the blah 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 of the introduction, which doesn't really matter. And then our first queen enters the workroom and it's Lawrence Cheney, um, who says that she's just like the Loch Ness monster. Legendary. Legendary. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about Miss Lawrence Cheney? I, oh my God, it was the way that she just came in and she just came out the gate. And when the fact that she was like, I am a legend. And it was like, yes, you are because I've not met one person who doesn't sort of know who Lawrence is in, well, my little area of the UK. Um, Lawrence is probably one of the most known, well, most well-known drag queens from Scotland. Um, And, you know, she's been all over the place, BBC Social, she does the radio show, she's she's all over the Glasgow stations. I went up there for a film festival and she was just plastered on one of these posters and I was like oh, I know who that is oh, so wow. it's, it's incredible it is so incredible and also you know she commands the attention quite well as we'll see further along the line absolutely I just love like I love this look she's got the purple pattern fabric with the gold accents and this little poodle puff on the top of her head are you but, a fan of the poodle puff I mean it's okay but I, I don't hate it I don't hate it either. I think sometimes it's a bit like it depends on the sort of like the body of the puff and then like Mm -hmm. the long bit of the hair. It just, you know, it's it seems like a tough style (laughs) to pull off. (laughs) Right, right. I wish it was a little bit bigger, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, but the most important thing about Lawrence Cheney is her mouth. She has (laughs) an incredible wit. She is constantly cracking jokes as the girls walk in. And it's clear that she's going to be one of the comedy queens of the season that really keeps us on our toes, you know? Yeah, exactly. I agree. So I'm excited about that. She's also the first Scottish queen um, on UK. So that is exciting. Right. Next up, we have Cherry Valentine walk in and immediately run into <laughs> the the work the the threshold, the doorway. And knock her headpiece off. So that's cute. (laughs) (laughs) I I genuinely thought she was going to be, like, set up to fail because of that. It was like, oops, she's she she looks polished, but she's a bit of a loser. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've seen her online and I just thought, like, wow, this is a very, very stunning 
one. Like she's gorgeous to look at. She made this whole costume, which I think is beautiful. Right. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, they could have easily not put that in there, but they chose <laughs> to leave it. <laughs> God. And then Lawrence Cheney says, yeah, can he make that up? And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. She's caught out the gate. Like, cause it's just being like, e, hey, what? Look at this amateur. Look at this amateur, basically. That's what she said. Absolutely. Says. She's like, do they have good teeth in Darlington? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Gosh. Um, um, so one of the things about her being a look queen is that her entrance was roses are red, violets are blue. Here's your winner of season two. And I was just like, could you have come up with anything else? <laughs> Literally, yeah. Like... It must like, be Valentine's Day, just something other than, you know, I'm the winner. It's like, if you come in like that, you're not going to win. I mean, usually no, but I do I do like the through line that it was Valentine's Day on her headpiece and that she yes. made a Valentine. I, I get it, but it was just like, oh. <laughs> Thank but you. She's also been doing drag for just over a year, which I was gagged at. Oh my God. It just like these queens who are so like they're just like um, I've been doing it for like six months and it's like uh, <laughs> how I, like exactly uh, do you have a team behind you what's going you on have to, like you have to either have team or some kind of trust fund or, or a rich benefactor I don't understand <laughs> like a really angry drag mother who's like you're not doing that right <laughs> right exactly some you're things. doing that wrong what you're doing get that out <laughs> something um but we will see how that uh fares for her because um only time will tell um next in we have tia coffee who i think is hilarious and adorable (laughs) what do you think about (laughs) tia i absolutely it's it's very very witty from the start i mean she's very cute you know the reveal and she just fakes it it's like oh never mind and it's so (laughs) she's so witty and, you know, she's Vinegar Strokes' drag daughter. I oh, I didn't know that, but that makes so much sense now. So, some insider tea, because um, one of my friends on the scene told me this. Um, yes, because, you know, Tia was rumoured to be a contestant and then um, eventually exposed by Michelle Visage on <laughs> her story on Instagram. Oh! But, um, so my friend was touring with Vinegar Strokes and she said, oh, um, did, did you not know that um, Tia's gone off to Drag Race? And Vinegar didn't even know. What? Vinegar didn't even know. And Vinegar lent her a wig and she was like, I'm just going on holiday or something. You know what I'm like? So Vinegar lent her a wig, didn't know she was dead ass on RuPaul's that Drag Race. That is hilarious but right. i mean technically you're not supposed to tell anyone I so know. maybe she was just following the rules but like girl you could have borrowed some more shit if you told yeah, her you'd be like, <laughs> you know can i just borrow more, like more things she could have given you some inside advice like <laughs> right oh my god maybe she's playing so. dumb though you don't know yeah i don't know i, I don't think that was a good move because like if anyone's gonna know that you're going to drag race it better be your drag mom right. <laughs> she comes in and says it's finally time to spill the coffee um i think that's what she said right no she said time to spill the tea okay oh. that's what she said that's what she said um so that was cute she's named after tia to tia and tamara from, from sister, sister, sister sister and um coffee who who's the coffee 
I don't know. She was saying, oh, she said something like it was um, an UN ambassador, but. Right. Um, I should know this name, but I forgot. <laughs> but she said, she said something else about like her name being like something like it should be. And that was so funny. It was just like so off the cuff. And she, I mean, it's clear she thought of it, but like she delivered it super well. She said she's a lovely brown caffeinated beverage, which I thought was adorable. And yeah, she's named after Tia Maori and um, Coffee Anon. <laughs> Former UN Secretary Coffee Anon. God. <laughs> and she's 30 as well. She does not look 30. Right. She looks like a, a high schooler. <laughs> Literally. Oh my god, these kids look just so young. I mean, it's that drag, it keeps you young. I mean, in some people's cases, I don't know. <laughs> it's that so, sandpaper. <laughs> she says that she's bringing live vocals. I'm super excited to see where that goes. Um, right. but she seems very entertaining. Like, I don't know about like looks necessarily, but she's definitely going to bring some entertainment value. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. So then we have Bimini Bamboulash, who's vegan. I'm vegan. I'm vegan. <laughs> and apparently that's her shtick. Like, what? I'm vegan and I'm from Clapham. Um... <laughs> Don't you hate when people are vegan and they make it their entire personality? Goodness, <laughs> we get it. This person's suffocating. Do we have a doctor? I'm vegan. Okay. She's East London's <laughs> plant-based princess and her outfit says vegan bitch. Like, what? Oh, I hope that's <laughs> vegan leather. I hope so too. Like, <laughs> that would be so funny and ironic. But God. she looks really cute. She does look like a Barbie. Um, she's very short. Out of drag, I don't know what is happening. She looks like Jenny Lemon's like, like, uh, drugged out cousin. <laughs> <laughs> It's very weird because that's like, I I feel like that's very like 2020, the whole mullet thing, you know, she's oh, probably just like gosh. pulling it off like, I'm gonna look fierce. I don't know about, I mean, it looks great. Good for her. She looks great. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's not bad. It's not bad, but it's a vibe. It's certainly a different vibe than the rest of the girls are giving at this point. Yeah. Um. I've caught something that Lawrence said, and Lawrence was saying, um, me and her will go get chicken nuggets. And then <laughs> the producer like, goes, she's vegan. she's vegan. She's a vegan. <laughs> I feel like Lawrence set that up on purpose. Lawrence is so smart. <laughs> um, then next up, we have Jenny Lemon running into the room saying, fancy a slice. Jenny, before she was... I didn't. I had so th this is the thing. Ginny Lemon was performing in London, where she is from. She's not from Birmingham. She's from London. <laughs> oh. um, and you know, this was I think season one was like filming then, and I was like, okay, um, we'll go and see her. But then my friend was like, mm, maybe we shouldn't, and I was like, okay, great. Then I will just we'll just call it off. So it's really. Like, I was really sad because, you know, Ginny is apparently one of the most powerhouse, like, explosive people to be around. And she's such a, like, she was on X Factor as well. And she got to, she got to boot camp <laughs> on X Factor. Oh, wow. And um, 
the tantrum she threw when they told her that she wasn't getting through, I am very excited to see what happens with Ginny Lemon. If she ever lands in the bottom, I'm very excited to see what happens because she is, she hates conforming, you know, those Kate Bush tattoos that she's got on her knuckles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's probably got them bloody before, you know, she is a crazy lady. <laughs> I love characters like this on Drag Race, the ones that you just never know what to expect from them. Right. And I think she's going to give us a lot of that. And uh, when we get to the end, we'll talk about some speculation about what might happen during the season with uh, Jenny Lemon. But for now, we'll keep it cute. She says that she's an icon and Lawrence Cheney says, this is why you need to stop doing drag at 30 people. (laughs) (laughs) Very shady considering half of these, half the cast members are over 30. (laughs) Right, right. But I think that Lawrence just can't waste an opportunity to crack a joke and I am grateful for it because they're on target. (laughs) Commands you great she's dressed in all yellow i wonder if she's gonna give us like yellow every episode you know Um, i think so it's very a smart branding move so that's interesting but uh, one thing i did notice about her when she came in is that she like lawrence can like toss it back to you so fast because she's just got such a quick wit that i think that that's gonna help her so much in these challenges I agree, absolutely. So yeah, we'll see how that goes for Miss Jenny Lemon. She's certainly a favorite of the fans. But next up, we have one of my favorites, honestly, Ellie Diamond. Yes! She comes in looking like Princess Peach in this like Barbie pink fantasy with a heart in the middle. She's certainly covered in diamonds. And she is also from Scotland. So the face, the, the exchange... The exchange between Lawrence and her is very, like, shocking. Um, one thing I really enjoy about Ellie Diamond is, you know, her makeup. Mm-hmm. Her makeup looks like, you know, when Drag Race girls in the US get their photos done and then get them retouched, it literally looks like that. <laughs> like, it's so yes. She looks like Facetune in real life. And yes. I mean, yes. I think part of it is that she is, like, the prettiest one there, yeah, like everyone else's make, like she makes Cherry Valentine's makeup, who, who's also great, look normal. Like you know, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but it suits like over the top and very cartoony, which I love. And um, she says, "Ding dong, the baby doll of Dundee has arrived." So I think she's giving us like that fantasy every time. And yes, I'm here for it. Oh my god, I just noticed she has a little teddy bear. <laughs> oh, it's too cute. She so makes cute. she makes everything herself. Did you know that? Yes, I heard. And I think that's gonna take her far because um, you know, I think that the judges noticed that. And one of the things you said about the exchange between her and Lawrence was interesting because she asked Lawrence about like where to get wigs and bodysuits when she started drag, which wasn't long ago. And now she makes wigs for Lawrence. So I think that is going to come back around later in the season. Yes. I think it's very interesting how we'll we'll see a little bit later as well that like some of these queens make costumes and hair for other queens. And like, does that mean that the other ones can't make their own? Because Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, that's not gonna bode well for them <laughs> yeah oh god yeah so we'll see but then again then again i don't think i've seen a single hair challenge on drag race has there been a hair challenge there has only been the hairball right on but that was three. costumes why has that there never co- been a hair styling challenge that is such a big drag skill i think it should be yeah i definitely think like RuPaul should come in, kick like a, like a carton of wigs, and say, "Get to styling, like yeah. sort of thing." Like, it's the RuPaul hair show. That would be so yes. sickening. I think I've got a lot of speculative. Well, I've got a lot of final thoughts on sort of like where Drag Race is going. So I'll leave them for the end. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to hear about that because I have thoughts too. I think that this franchise could last for like ever, but only if they do it right. So anyway, right. Next, we have Sister Sister coming in the workroom. She holds a purse in front of her face that has this blue circle with a lips. And then she takes it away to reveal that that is also on her face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the force is about. It's not any bigger than the Mauritania, whatever it is. The Mauritania, and I don't know what that means to you. Mauritania, I don't, because... Listen, I'm not as old. <laughs> okay, well, let's Google it. The girls in the workroom didn't get it either. So maybe it just wasn't that good of a joke. Um, what? It seems like... It's a it, country. It's a it's country a- in Northwest Africa? But like she said, the Mauritania. Ah, okay. Okay, oh. here we go. It is... An- no, that's the Mauritanian. Oh my gosh. It's a ship. Oh, it's it was a, a ship. ship. <laughs> it sounds like a ship. Okay. The Mauritania. Okay. Mauritania ship. See, it's a very weird reference. She is older than half the cast, I it's think. It's <laughs> the world's largest ship until the completion of the Olympic in 1911. Okay. Well, that's a cute reference. <laughs> I think it's very um, yeah it just kind of shows how old Sister Sister is because we didn't know that either is she? she looks young but she's 31 that's not old I mean maybe she was a history major right. I don't know like, she just knows her stuff <laughs> yeah she'd just be like I know about this ship yeah. I would have said the Titanic or something not like the Mauritania yeah. that's sure... a very weird preference I'm sure someone appreciated the joke. Maybe RuPaul appreciated it. I don't know. But her hair looks amazing. I like this, like, mix and match style. It's very interesting. Yeah, um, it's very Gucci, isn't it? Like, and also, I think, because, so, like, it's, like, Jamie, Jenny Lemon's thing to wear yellow. Um, Sister Sister's, like, whole trademark is the blue circle babe. That's what, like, the, why she's got the circle on the lips. Oh, and did that's she why do that I for promote. all of her looks? Um, no, it's just sort of like a trademark. Okay. It's kind of like, so the blue look that she did for the promo is sort of this, like the circle and the lips on it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. Well, that's cute. I can't wait to see more from her. She said that she thought she was just like a normal drag queen until she met other drag queens. And then she's like, oh, I'm a bit kooky. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. And she does seem like a comedy queen. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. But... That excitement uh, left my mind the second that Tace walked into the workroom, turned around, and showed that she was wearing this beautiful jacket with her name on the back. 
She comes in and says, wait, wait, wait. This doesn't look like Barbie Island, but it sure will do. Ah! <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited for her. <laughs> I I genuinely, this is, I will say it now, this is my favorite entrance outfit. Yes, like, it is pure fashion. It is honestly, the. I love how she kind of matches the silhouette in her confessional look. Mm-hmm. Um it's the proportions, it's the hair, it's the the painterly sort of vibes that I get from this. It is gorgeous. It is insane. Like that's what I'm like, wondering. Wow. Like it looks like a vinyl jacket that someone just painted on. Right. Oh my god. Like, Will you paint on me the one? back? <laughs> the back panel. So it's like got a clear back panel that says taste on it. When she comes in, she's like at the back. Look at the back. My name is Chase. Yeah. I and incredible. Uh, I want one. I want one. I want one. <laughs> I'm gonna go buy a clear vinyl jacket, ship it to the UK, and have you draw all over it, and then I'll have a Sally trademark original. <laughs> I'm okay, okay. I'm looking at it and it looks like it was constructed. It doesn't look like she just bought it and like then someone painted on it. It looks like it was constructed. It has these really big shoulders and a big collar. So, okay. But it's still freaking cool. Um, But I think it's proof that you don't have to, like, spend an arm and a leg in order to look fashionable. You just have to kind of have that eye for it. Yeah. It's very um, Moschino meets sort of, like, Brixton. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So good. And I, uh, I don't remember exactly where I was introduced to taste, but just looking at her Instagram and how she's literally like a model and can just stare at the camera and look into your soul. I was sold. And then I heard that she was going to be on UK and I was like, well, that seems appropriate. And (laughs) I'm so excited to see what happens, you know, with her on the scene. Yeah, absolutely. Same. She says that she's inspired by Cruella DeVille where she wants to look like a villain, but she's really, really nice. So I'm excited to see if that is true. Or yes. if she gives us our villain of the season? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I hope not. I don't. Um, I, I think our villain of the season uh, hasn't walked in yet. So. <laughs> no, she hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. next up, we have Joe Black come in and say, I know what you're thinking. God, Glenn Close looks rough. <laughs> I, yeah, oh my God. When she said Glenn Close, I was like, I can't unsee that now. Like, right? And then she, she was like, oh, I met, like, she posted on social media, like, oh, I met Glenn Close in 2009. And I do look like her, don't I? And I was like, oh, it's the way also that Joe Black is literally, she talks like that in her confessionals as well. Like, my name is Joe Black. Ooh, I yes. am a gorgeous cabaret queen. Like, so, oh, I absolutely love Joe Black. Did you know about her before the show? I did, yes. Yeah. So, um, I think I mentioned it when we watched it, but um, when I started going out, like, like at the start of, like, university, um, the first thing that was sort of posted on my Facebook was, Joe Black is doing a local, like, um, cabaret show. If you'd like to join, um, you got to kind of, like, come and drag and stuff like that. And it was just insane because I was like, who is this? She looks insane. And she, <laughs> literally, the way that she styled herself in this sort of like nouveau 1920s, 1930s sort of old Hollywood dame lady. Oh, 
so it, good. It's incredible. This look is probably another one of my favorite looks. Yeah, um, it's so simple yet so well put together. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, this, I think my thing with drag is now, um, after so having the time to learn these things, um, you, if you have a good color story, you have a good silhouette, and you also have, you know, the right sort of like makeup to match that color story as well. You know, it's just the little things, and you know, you don't have to spend shit tons of money on these sort of cosmetics and like, you know, garments right. to make a good outfit. You can have the skills to make a good outfit if you understand what goes well together and, and you know she's so paired this she's paired this entire lovely little look this you know sequins you know with the striped tights you know like a nice the greens don't match but you know they're very close to matching and then the red lip as well that like yeah perfect chef's kiss beautiful and it shows that she's not new to this okay <laughs> so oh, i'm yeah. excited to see that she is super well known um as you've told us about knowing her before the show and she is the cabaret queen so i'm excited to see like you know more from her even though yes. we don't necessarily get to <laughs> but spoilers <laughs> we'll save that for the end i mean if you're listening to this i hope that you've watched the episode <laughs> gosh but i think it's kind of a tragedy that we don't get to see more of her because like she's such a wealth of knowledge and and um we'll get into it a little bit later but i just i am completely enamored with her from the beginning yes i yeah i absolutely adore Jill Black, her entire character, her entire, like, I really enjoy a queen who doesn't take herself too seriously in mm -hmm. the way that she's like, oh, I am cartoonish and glamorous and you know, like, she is, <laughs> you could tell, like, she goes from cabaret mother to sort of the cabaret, like, top hat man, you know, ringleader, that's the one. Yes, Like, yes. a circus ringleader when she's out of drag. <laughs> absolutely. It's so good. Ugh. Uh, well, welcome to my circus. <laughs> Next up, we have um, Courtney Act. I mean, oh. Veronica Green. <laughs> and she comes in and says, well, it's about time to get this party started. <laughs> and she literally oh. sounds like Courtney Act. But then you get to the confessional. And it's like, if you took Courtney Act as like the popular gay, and then like, turn that on its head and, and got the nerdy gay, that's who Veronica Green is. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know how to feel about this runway, this entrance look. Oh my god! I don't hate um, it. I think it's cute. It's like '80s. She's got the big hair. She's got the bow. It's a pretty dress. It's very simple. I think but... when the wide shots happen later on, and it's just like far away, it looks like she's got like a hairline out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, um, the hairlines on this season so far are quite, um... Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, the thing. I mean, her I think... lace honestly looks a little bit better than everyone else's. Like, except yeah, for yeah. Taste. Taste's hair is great. But, like, um, who is it? Ellie Diamond and uh, Lawrence Cheney, who I'm guessing... Ellie made that wig for Lauren, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. The lace is a little, like, dark and it's standing out, um, but, mm. like, Bimini's lace, uh, we're looking at it right now, looks pretty good. Um, yeah. 
and everyone else is hiding their hairline, which I think is a smart move. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. But yeah, Um, she says that she's a musical theater queen um, and she knows all the girls there, but none of them know her. So that is an interesting dynamic. So here's a fun fact by Veronica Green, which I find very interesting in the process of casting for RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, Veronica Green was on a show in the BBC called All Together Now, and she sang in front of Davina DeCampo, which was one of the judges on that show. Oh, wow. Um, so that's very interesting, isn't it? That Davina was on season one and now she's on season two. Right. It's almost like they watched all together now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Casting. But also, she's literally Courtney Act. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You're hired. I can't wait to see her sing, though. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how she does on the season because she's not giving me front runner. But um, I think that might just be her unassuming confessional personality is this like cute little nerd. So I don't know. We'll see. Yes. Next up, we have Astina Mandela walking in the room. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I hated this entrance look, (laughs) not because it was bad, just because it was far too simple. It's a black bodysuit. Um, gloves, thigh highs, and then like a long dress coat vest thing. But it's, it's just very lined. Simple. It's not even lined. You can see, you can see it's not lined. Yeah, um, it's not lined. This, ah! is, this is the look that I thought Vinegar Stroke should have won. Should have worn for her Bond runway last season. <laughs> yes. Um. I, yeah, I agree. It's not the best look. It's sort of like, you know, you come in with a bodysuit. Like, you know, I don't know much about Asina looking at this look. I think, you know, right. oh, she she looks like Naomi Campbell. But, you know, that'll come from later. Right. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it's also, it's like you said, it doesn't tell us much about who she is. But it's just like, even to the hair, it's just so simple. Which, yeah. I mean, I guess that could tell us about her. Especially because, uh, you know, later we find out that she wore an ASOS jacket on the runway and (laughs) called it drag, which I don't think there's anything wrong with because that look was stunning. But this, it's just a little too, um, dare I say, pedestrian. Um, (laughs) But she walks in and says, rude, which I thought was cute. Then in confessional, she says that she is rude and rowdy and... um, Jenny lets us know that she is a fierce performer. So I, I am very excited to see Estina Mandela kick ass if she gets that point. You know, I do, we don't even know if she's gonna lift sync at this point, you know. But if she does, I'm very excited because everyone in the grandma tells me that she's amazing, she's she's fierce, you know, like. Everything that they've said in this episode, you know, Ginny being like, she's fierce before, man, you know, like all the other girls being like, oh, she's she's saying this. It is apparently true. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm excited to see this rude and rowdy and disrespectfulness that she says she has as well. I can't wait to see that come out. Like maybe she's going to, you know, pop off on the girls. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> we get this um, moment where she says that she's a dancer, which brings us back to Tace, who also said that she's a dancer. And then we go to confessional where Estina says that a lot of girls have uh, 
like a few moves, but her arsenal is infinite. And oh. I felt attacked. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I know the entire choreography to rain on me. You know it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, whatever it is, I can do it, basically. So I'm excited to see her dance, but she says that she can do a lot of things. Um, maybe the only thing that she can't do is style. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We'll see where that takes her. But I think that based on her and taste, like that sort of the way the editing moves, it kind of seems like they're going to be rivals. But then later in the episode, we see them kind of have some camaraderie. So I'm hopeful that they don't pit the only two Black girls against each other. <laughs> yeah, I just so, oh God, that was very awkward. You kind of, like, because this is the thing, and I'm going to say this now so we can get it, get it over with. The UK is disproportionately white, unfortunately. Yeah. And, you know, you, th- there was a lot of concern last season because, you know, the only two POC cast members were Something Wrong and Vinegar Strokes. And, you know, to kind of have the BBC kind of put uh, the only two black girls together, like, that was so uncomfortable to watch because, you know, not a lot of people have sort of, um, you know, that, well, we'll kind of talk about it later on, but a lot of people will be looking at that and being like, oh, so that's a bit awkward, isn't it? Because you're not supposed to be, you know, pinning people against each other. Like, stop. (laughs) Right, like, they have to make a TV show, I get that, but it's like, just because these two are similar doesn't mean that we need to, like, make them rivals, and um, we'll get to it, and we keep saying that, but I, I think that they know that, and I think that they are going to try to, like, work against that, but only time will tell, because this is only the first episode. Yeah. So, next up, we have Ahura, <laughs> who walks <laughs> in the room, and, okay, when I first saw her, I was like, so this is, like, um, Crystal Method wearing her version of Gigi Good's Dorothy look. <laughs> Yes, I totally agree. Uh, but yeah, so she walks in and says there there really is no place like home. And um, she immediately is a polarizing queen. Yeah, I so I really enjoy the look. I really do. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, I, I'm uh, so hi. Um, controversial <laughs> opinion time. Um, yes. I, hate when northern que- well i hate when a queen says they are northern because i see quite a lot of queens being like i'm queen of the north and they live in like london or leeds um <laughs> which by the way leeds is like a hundred miles away from where i'm from which is the north of england <laughs> um i have yeah i have uh, it's kind of like a bit awkward because you know tia kind of has my sentiments i've heard I've heard sort of negative things about Horashes of fire start, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say them at all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I see mean, what happens later on. <laughs> I think that she does a good job of showing us why Tia has nothing nice to say. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. But on the positive side, she's a fashion designer. Um and Tay says that she has worn her clothes. So that's another, I guess, that's sort a... of like clue, I guess. 
it's incredible because like you know you get more people saying yeah i'm a fashion designer that really opens this field i really hope there's going to be more design challenges if these bitches are turned around and saying you know i love clothes Um, hopefully i would really love to see it like this is a really well-rounded group of girls yeah i agree it's gonna be interesting to see who's the most (laughs) well-rounded but um then they you know celebrate being the queens of season two and veronica is a little intimidated which you know i could see being in this room full of all this talent but we get our first rue mail and she says her majesty done already done had her says (laughs) (laughs) can you adam and eve it Which is Cockney Rhymes slang for believe, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So uh, that was cute. But then, like, Rue actually walks in the workroom. And I'm like, wait, was RuPaul on the last season? I can't remember. Yeah, so Rue would come in and go, hello, hello, hello. Like, in his, you know, mm-hmm. shitty uh, impersonation of the British <laughs> accent. <laughs> hello, governor. Hello, everyone. It's me, RuPaul. I'm from London, innit? (laughs) Gosh. Oh, my gosh. But she says something that I immediately took a little uh, umbrage with. Like, she said, drag race is not for sissies. And I'm like, why would you choose those words? Like, you have a song called Sissy That Walk. I think... um... I think Rose uh, was brewing the Stanford prison experiment that they did for season 13 at this point. <laughs> like, she was like, you know what? I'm going to mentally torture these people before they even know. Right. If any one of you have been called a sissy before, which is probably all of you, I'm triggering you right from the start. <laughs> I am going to bully you. Period. Period. Um, yeah. So the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK receives a web series. <laughs> A coupon for home bargains and a six pack from Tesco. Like literally <laughs> the BBC could turn around and literally see anything and we'd be all like, whoa, yeah. And Ellie like, Diamond is going to style you a wig. <laughs> and Ellie Diamond has decided that she will control your entire wardrobe for a year. Like Rue can just literally say anything at this point. We all know that, you know, the BBC is a public funded broadcasting thing. You can't, you don't have to turn around and be like, you're going to win something because you aren't going to win something. You're going to win a shitty enamel badge and be like, I want a challenge. Like, great. (laughs) I do think it's cool that, I mean, I feel like they could still give like RuPaul or World of Wonder could still give them a prize, but yeah whatever so then like even if it's not money like give them something but anyway so um then the brick crew comes in looking super cute in their you know uh union jack undies god with... save the queen <laughs> <laughs> with tennis bowls and rackets and um that is very interesting because our mini challenge is the queens taking photos while getting pelted with bowls. <laughs> oh my god. How, oh my god. Can we just talk about this for two seconds? I really enjoy the photo shoot challenges. I really do. I, the fact that, like, oh my god, they threw tennis balls, not only little tiny ones, th- these massive huge. fucking ones, huge ones. The size of your girls. head. 
I, you know, me thinking I wasted two hours to get fucking ready for a lovely little photo shoot that RuPaul's putting us in. Like, why? <laughs> why? Right. Exactly. Because she's just going to dunk you in a tank of water or throw, you know, you into a wind tunnel. <laughs> but I'm excited. I think I would be the type of person to be trying to hit the balls up and to the right yeah possible <laughs> like, like i'm not saying i would aim for rupaul but if a ball happened to go up and in that direction i think that was funny <laughs> you, you'd just be like oh my god i'm so sorry but look on the bright side the fracking ranch will help you pay for those medical bills right right <laughs> so... but also like why isn't anyone trying to hit the balls i think that would be so such a good shot you know <laughs> yeah it would be it literally I, you can clearly tell these people did not do pe which is sports <laughs> for you guys in america um we call it pe too you guys call it pe i didn't know that i used to just say yeah i'm doing sport because i didn't know if americans had pe i was like <laughs> genuinely like oh i don't know what the guys call it in america because you guys say math instead of mathematics oh yeah <laughs> but math is short for mathematics true true it's just americans are stupid <laughs> stop <laughs> but yes so back to pe uh, or phys ed um we've got the queens desperately trying to pose while being pelted. Some of them are doing a pretty great job and some of them are just, you know, having fun with it, which I think is the only way to approach this. Like, clearly they're not looking for the best photo. I think they're looking for the most outrageous photo. So... Can I just say as well, the photographer, Kevin McDade, I went on his Instagram and damn, he literally looked like a brick shit house. Like, you look at him, you're like, he's so hench as as the <laughs> british people we say um and i was like uh, why does he look like a dorito and i was like i was just wow that man <laughs> <laughs> i would be like i was like trying to flirt with him if i was doing the photography <laughs> right i mean you I have bitch. to make love to the camera <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm trying to make love to you as well <laughs> <laughs> right i mean between the brick crew and the the photographer it's like ooh. But I mean, I think that uh, Joe Black had the right idea. Like, get them to pick you up. Bimini's like, hold my legs. Like, <laughs> Tia as well. Tia turned around and said, "Oh my God, guys, grab me!" And um, like, she was like, "You're a bit too oily for me." <laughs> <laughs> don't mess up my costume. And but... then like, um, she got off, and then she was like, "I don't like the sound of that. You were struggling, weren't you?" <laughs> oh yeah, Tia coffee. That was so funny. <laughs> Uh, that was so great. I don't know. I think there were some pretty great photos in here. Like, Taste did a great job. I think that Cherry did a great job. Like, yeah. their photos actually looked good. But the winner ends up being Lawrence Cheney, which I thought was funny. Because her picture wasn't really the best, so. <laughs> yeah, she's getting absolutely slammer-jammed in her picture. And I was just like, eh? <laughs> right. Well, I have a suspicion that sometimes the mini-challenge means absolutely nothing. And they just kind of give it to who they want to give an upper hand to. So. Literally, yeah. I yeah. Mean, the only thing they probably won was PTSD from tennis balls this one. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, not much really to report here about the mini challenge, but the maxi challenge makes up for it because it is a doozy. They have to make two outfits. So it is the 50th, 
It is the 50th anniversary of the Gay Liberation Front. Can you tell me about that? Because I don't, I'm, I don't know my British history. <laughs> um, save. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, back to Google. Oh my god! But um, to tell the people. I know. I should have. I should have done my research. Oh my god. <laughs> So, the Gay Liberation Front was a name of a number of gay liberation groups, the first of which was founded in New York City. Oh, so it's like the Stone, uh, Stonewall Riots. So it's like, what is it now, 2020? But, 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 I need the UK. Maybe. Okay, yeah. the UK Gay Liberation Front existed between 1970 and 73. Um, they held meetings in the basement of the London School of Economics. Oh, And um, it was recognized as a political movement in the national press, holding weekly meetings of 200 to 300 people. Um, yeah. There's some mm. other stuff. Radical I'm feminism. Gonna... Oh, my God. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I personally feel like the... Uh, interactions uh of like gay people are a little bit better in the uk but that's just my perception Um, what would you say i so you know being a gay man over here is very difficult i mean it depends on where you are i think because you know for down south it's very much like that was where it was um in the northeast of England, I can only talk about my own experience, but um, mm-hmm. I remember because my my dad used to work in the mine, the coal mines before Thatcher destroyed them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you used to tell me that a lot of men there were secretly closeted, but they would do hard labor because it would it would be sort of like you know the saying "pray the gay away." It was sort mm-hmm. of like that, but in a sense, you know, you were doing hard labor so that you become a harder male in sort of society which is really sad because if you consider like how open and sort of like honest we are now a lot Mm -hmm. of men can't really hide their feelings anymore and you know you you've got you've got a lot of um self-help related um pieces that you can kind of use to come to terms with those sort of feelings that you have inside or your true self I just think, you know, it's really sad to kind of think back in the day, a lot of minors would be gay and, you know, would be using sort of like being, yeah, using their work to kind of cover up the fact of the matter. Um, It's sort of still at the moment very, I would say it's very, very hard up here, very conservative still, you know, it's, it's sort of in the same binary, but, you know, um, it's it's still getting there. It's still getting there. I it's mean, still getting there. I think the world has a little bit more work to do on yeah. all fronts, you know? So, yeah, interesting. But they are turning that on its head. I think that the Drag Race UK is going to be what does it. Um, <laughs> yes. So they have to choose a British gay icon to do a look inspired by. So I thought this was really cool. Um, and then RuPaul's like, oh, wait, you thought that was it? No. <laughs> um, you also have to do a hometown look, which I was super excited about because last season that went so well. Yes. And it really does give you an idea of like who the queens are, but also 
gives you um, uh, us silly Americans a little look inside the different places in the UK. Right, exactly. This is what I love because, you know, I um, we have a friend, we have a mutual friend named Tony Ward who used to um, constantly ask me, so do you live near the Queen? Are you near London? Where's London? Are you near London? And it would be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, it was kind of like, it was nice to be able to see uh, where everyone's from, where, you know, like there's such a beautiful sort of, it's, it's kind of like season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race. Like I really enjoyed seeing the hometown looks, you know, sorry, the home state looks because some of them were state side mm-hmm. rather than you know mm-hmm. this is my hometown of Erie in Pennsylvania something like that <laughs> right right um so I mean for me anytime someone can tell us about their hometown it's very inspiring very exciting to see you know what is iconic to them Ugh, I wish they would do that on U.S. Drag Race like I would love to give them like a New Orleans Mardi Gras look yes like, that would be incredible because you uh, know please New Orleans <laughs> Louisiana in general like I I think of like you know the beautiful sort of like the pastel houses the nice like areas that you've got you know you've got a lot of inspiration with you know the bayou too like you yeah like I could either give you I there's so many options right exactly part of what I want to really do when I go on drag race because it's going to happen it it. is Um, is. (laughs) I want to give you like different sides of that so like I could do swamp witch I could yes. do obviously a Marie Laveau look because it's going to happen. It's and then have to. I think I could do like the big Mardi Gras backpacks that like they have like the feathers and it's like this big huge like I've never seen a Mardi Gras backpack on uh, Drag Race and and they're just yeah. like huge constructed thing that would probably barely fit through the door, but <laughs> I would want to do that. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about <laughs> the UK. And their hometown looks and these British um, icon looks. So before we get into that, they uh, RuPaul says, racers start your engines and may the best woman win, which... Oh, wait, no. And the, may the best, best drag, drag queen win. Which, which is... I never get tired of. <laughs> I'm getting really excited for that because, you know, this was filmed before season 12. Right. So, so it's clear that they knew what they were doing. Yeah. So, well, no, sorry, season 13. I meant to say season 13. But, you know, I know what you, meant. <laughs> you know, you knew what I meant. Everyone else probably did too. Um, but my thoughts are, you know, if that is the case, then we may be able to see, you know, trans women, trans men, and non binary individuals be able to kind of come on. RuPaul's Drag Race now because you know there's quite a buzz for Juno Birch who is a trans woman to be on Drag Race and you know snatch the crown so it might be that thing now I mean I think so and I think that opening up the franchise to UK and Canada has really done that for the franchise because of how many of the people from UK Holland Canada are non-binary and gender non-conforming. Yes. Because, yeah, we saw it in so many people and it's just like, well, you can't say may the best woman win or gentlemen start your engines. Like, that just doesn't apply here. So I'm glad that Rue is, uh, or the franchise, because, like, honestly... Probably not Rue. It doesn't really matter about her. She's probably going to be stuck in her ways until she uh, dies and someone else inherits the fracking farm. But... (laughs) I'm glad that the franchise as a whole 
has gotten, you know, a little bit more inclusive because honestly, it's what the community deserves. Yes, exactly. <sighs> Truly. So they get into work time. They de-drag. Um, as Stina says, none of them are cute. <laughs> oh my God, that's a lie. Lies is Stina. <laughs> I don't think it's true either. I think some of them are cute, but it's um, it's it's fun to see them get out of drag and their interactions. Yeah. But um, during this, I did notice watching it again that they give you a long look at Joe Black and um, her wardrobe. Yeah. Like they show you, like uh, who was it? It was a horror and Joe. Yeah, Ahura's like, you know, talking to her and really getting into what, like, how much of a legend she is. And I was like, oh, they're giving her her moment before they let her go. Yeah. That's sad. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I thought it was such a lovely little conversation because, you know, again, like, Joe was an icon of, you know, the cabaret scene and... To, to see sort of a horror be like well literally joe is a legend and i was paying for tickets to see joe and all that so it is it's so nice to kind of see that interaction because you know joe is a legend and you know it's it's just it's just sad in it <laughs> it's just sad <laughs> absolutely it really is but i think there's always all stars and i think joe black deserves to be on all stars yes, period period anyway so then we get to lawrence who doesn't want to get out of drag because she doesn't feel um untouchable she doesn't feel confident out of drag and this kind of broke my heart a little bit because um a lot of people do drag and it's like you're turning into a superhero. Yeah. And then once you're that superhero, you don't want to go back to Clark Kent. You want to be, you know. A superhero for life. Yeah. And but, I totally know, get that. I just, yeah, I agree too. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like, you know, because she said it's about being conventionally attractive when you're out of drag and also in drag. Do you feel like that at all? Right. Well, I've come a long way in my like self-confidence and yeah. I'm super happy with where I am now. But like there, I always think of Laveau as the superhero that I needed when I was like at my lowest as Kevin, you know, like yeah. I definitely have felt where I was just like, I'm, I'm just this weird looking nerdy kid or whatever. And then you find drag and you're like, wow, I am gorgeous. And then yes. at some point they kind of like learn from each other. Like I basically came to the realization that anything I'm doing in drag, I can do without makeup. Like yes. I can do that without a makeup, a wig and a costume on. I can, you know, sing live. Like, I don't know why I should be afraid to do that if it's something that I do. I, sh you know, I can be confident. I can go up and talk to boys without a wig on. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You yes. know, so um, it, it worked that way for me, but I don't think it works that way for everyone. I was just like intent on figuring out what it was that made it such a transformation for me. Yeah. And bringing a little bit of that over to everyday life. Yeah. How about you? I um so I agree wholeheartedly. I think, you know, you get to a point where you are doing drag more than you are like out of drag. And I think <laughs> my thoughts of it is sort of the same. I I did drag because I felt like I needed something to kind of make me feel a bit more confident in who I was and what I do. And, you know, it was it was like I 
I was a kid in at school who was a bit different. I knew I was gay, but um, I kind of needed something to tell, like to let me be who I was. And I think drags mm-hmm. helped me quite a lot because I realized, you know, I'm not only just gay, but I'm also very creative. No, <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is the thing you kind of have to have these these things. And I mean, for Lawrence, it kind of felt like it was heartbreaking because you think, you know. It, people when you take everything off you know what people see if you are sort of you think you are conventionally attractive because I don't think Lawrence is conventionally unattractive I think Lawrence is that that like their beautiful wispy hair you know if you've got a full head of hair you're fine that's what I think and (laughs) (laughs) like well that's the thing I also hate the notion of conventionally attractive like we all know what that means but I hate it because I'm just like I don't think you're unattractive. It's it's just about like confidence to me. Yeah. Anyone can be attractive if they are confident. Like yeah. looking at uh, Veronica Green, I'm like, you're adorable. Yeah. If you're confident, then like I'm sold. You know, yeah. like you're not conventionally attractive with a six pack and this, that, <laughs> right. and the other. But confidence like, who cares about sexy. that? <laughs> <laughs> but um. I I do think that like it's weird because in the gay community it's like if you're a drag queen then like all eyes are on you when you walk into a room yeah but if you're like not uh conventionally attractive hate the phrase um <laughs> you know white twink or muscle gay then you walk into the room and everyone like looks the other way you know that's yeah what so. I get yeah I get that yeah. It's weird, but I hope that maybe like seeing herself on TV and like how freaking funny and amazing she is that maybe through the show she can gain some more appreciation. And also one of the biggest like things that you can do to get through stuff like this and mental blocks is to talk about it. So hopefully talking about it will help her see that like she doesn't need to hold on to that because... I don't I think she's cute. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So it's elimination day on the show, and uh they all walk in, they're all super happy, excited, and things, but uh somebody's going home. I know it's so <laughs> unfortunate, but you know you don't wanna yeah. be the first one to go home and you don't wanna be, you know, kicked off too soon. Cause you're right. You've got to show every card that you've got, and it's unfortunate that you've got You've got to beat out 11 other girls. And it's fierce. It's very fierce. This is definitely a fierce season. Um, So we, as they're getting ready, you know, they start talking to each other about who they're going to do for their gay icon. And of course, the Black girls are both doing Naomi Campbell, which is because there's not a lot of uh, Black representation for gay icons. Yeah, I so it goes back to what I said before. Um, the largely disproportionate ratio um, of race in the UK, um, and it's really sad we have we because the both girls turn around and say, "Well, my backup is white," and that's really depressing to kind of think, you know, right? Like, but also, you know, I some people were like, well, "What about Grace Jones?" Da, 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 and I was like, I was kind of thinking and. Maybe it was a production thing because Grace Jones was originally Jamaican. She moved over here to the UK. And then uh, one of our friends turned around and said, maybe Eartha Kitt, because Eartha Kitt 
when she got exhumed from the US, she moved to the UK and all of her songs became top hits in the UK for a long time. Um, you know what I think it was? I think that they told them like, wait, no, maybe not. Where was Naomi born? So Naomi was British. So I think they've turned around and twisted it and said, they have to be born in, born in the yeah, UK. They've got to be born in the UK and they've got to be from here. So bit of a Brexit tactic, if I do say so myself, but you know what? <laughs> Um, this was a lovely little moment. Yeah, because like I was saying and hinting at earlier, they didn't go the caddy route of being, well, one of us has to change. They were like, okay, you're like, you know, we don't have very many options. So we both chose Naomi and it is what it is. So. And my thing is, I think, I think the, the two Estina and Tace, they will be gay UK icons for other POC kids who find comfort in watching Drag drag Race like we did when we were young. And, you know, I think a lot of um, it might inspire POC kids to take up drag because, you know, I just, I love to see other people's sort of representation and culture on this show. And, you know, it was like, what was it? Last season, some was one like the thing is some for me i remember finding some on my instagram and i was like oh she's really fierce i bet she's from like america or something i didn't realize that she was <laughs> from the uk and you know she's the first sort of like asian english drag queen that i've seen in the uk so right. for, for her to be the first sort of asian english i think it's asian british i don't know asian british um drag queen on uk drag race season one that was incredible and i'm pretty sure she's inspired quite a lot of kids to take up drag that are also i hope so asian british and i i think that's pretty great because uh who was it i think bimini might have said like you know what that means right like the fact that there isn't that representation that means that that's you yes. you have to do it and i like that almost made me cry because it's like yes that is who they are they are blazing a trail for younger kids to see themselves and to know that it is okay and that they can um you know be like these iconic queens who are on this tv show and who are going to i know do a great job yes so i love that they have that moment they like high five each other and they're like we got this so i just hope that production takes that as a sign that like we can't put these girls against each other (laughs) yeah i hope so too that's just like the whole thing like at the start was like Taste is a dancer and Estina is a dancer. It's like, okay, this is a bit forced. Please don't be pitting two black queens against each other. <laughs> I swear to God. I mean, they're basically setting the stage for them to have to lip sync for their lives against each other, but I pray that that is not the case. True. Oh, oh, I hope it's not. Hope like, so, just send the other girls home, please. <laughs> <laughs> have them send the other girls home. But um, we will see. We will see. So uh, then we get to uh, Ahura talking shit about Astina and Tia, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. She's kind of over here with Veronica and um, Sister Sister, and they're talking about who they think is going to go home. And I mean, Ahura really kind of started the conversation. And she's like, Estina's so behind. She's like really panicking. And they like show a shot of Estina and she's just chilling. Like doing her makeup. She's like, I'm doing makeup. Doesn't seem like she's panicking at all. So this gives me that like Ahura's that mean girl that's just like, 
oh so what do you think yeah look at sally she's really like going through it over there and it's like <laughs> me just sitting down having a beverage i don't care <laughs> right but like this is she's the just thing. trying to start drama i don't enjoy that type of i mean you know it's probably like second nature because you know compared to us you know compare us to uk drag race uk drag race is very like i mean last season when bag of chips turned around and said I don't think I deserve to win. I think Davina and Vivian deserve to win. Like that is sort of the 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 whole camaraderie thing that we saw with Tace and Estina is essentially what UK drag is really about. Like we all want to see, oh. see each other succeed. Whereas you know, a horror sort of comes from that you know Generation Row um, <laughs> vibe of you know like US drag race and you know telling each other like your mom's trash like sort of thing like you know right exactly so, i don't think that that is how it has to be yeah. but i hate that like a lot of people think like oh i'm a drag queen i gotta be shady and catty and read and all this yeah. stuff it's like girl no but you know we'll see how that plays out for miss ahora yeah so <laughs> Then we get to the runway and Rue comes out wearing literal Isis wings in the shape of a dress. Yeah, like it's very Joseph and the Technicolor raincoat. Oh, what? oh my God. So I love it. I have these like gold Isis wings that I use as like a cover up and I put like a costume underneath it. Yeah. I belt it and it looks like a really cute jacket. And then I take it off and I start spinning and it's great. <sighs> but now I'm like, okay, I'm going to literally make a gown out of, Isis wings. RuPaul can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Like, what? Uh, so, I thought it was cute. It was very simple, but it, it was very effective. And then, of course, we get, you know, Graham Norton, um, Michelle Visage, yeah. and who was the other judge? Elizabeth Hurley. So, Elizabeth Hurley was on Austin Powers. Oh, okay. See, I never saw those. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think... I think it's funny because she's sort of like a gay icon as well. Like she's always got like a like a low cut top and everything. She's like you know very sex kitten, very you know. She was the original girl on Austin Powers. So yeah, it's very like yeah. very cool. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm excited. So then we get into the first look, which is the um, British icon, and we start out with Joe Black giving us a uh, David Bowie. Oh, this is really cute. I um I love this look cuz it... I thought it was a great way to interpret David Bowie into drag. Like, you know, it's like it's very it's very campy, it's very, you know, very drag. And also like you you know, you've got your signature Joe Blackmore cell waves going into the mullet. Fierce. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Um, then we have Astina Mandela coming out in her Naomi um, black sheer ruffly um, situation, which I thought was gorgeous. Um, very simple, very pared down. So I was thinking like, maybe this is her brand that she's going to look very simple, not a lot of flashiness, and you're going to live. It is gorgeous. I remember because Naomi has a YouTube channel and she documented going to this um, fashion show and it was incredible. The way that she literally was like, this is so powerful. It means so much to me. Da, 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 and I'm going to school these young mothers. So when she turned around the corner, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Because I knew yes. immediately who she was doing. That was incredible. 
And that's the thing. Like, she walked around the corner and it was instantly like, yep, that's Naomi. You did it. (laughs) The only thing I wish is that the top was a little bit more sheer so you could see more body underneath. Part of the right part of the look on Naomi was that she was basically nude underneath and you could see it and it was very cool. But not really taking anything away from the outfit. I thought she did a great job. Then we have Jenny Lemon looking unrecognizable as Jenny Lemon (laughs) because she looks so much like Kate Bush. (laughs) Oh my God. Now, here's the thing. I'm really glad that they put a reference image up because I don't know what Kate Bush looked like. So... Oh, well, okay. The only reason I know this reference is because uh, one of the queens for cyber distancing did Wuthering Heights and like recreated the video with the red dress and the hair. (laughs) Um, But I thought it was pretty great. I'm just like excited to see that Jenny Lemon's not looking like Jenny Lemon for once. Yeah. Shows the versatility right off the bat. She she said, I'm going to show you just a touch difference in my makeup and style. Right, like I, you thought you were getting yellow, but you're Ginny red. Strawberry, <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh, so that was really cute. Um, safe, if you ask me. Yes. Then we have Tia Coffee coming out as Alan Turing, another reference that I'm not too familiar with, but she comes out breaking some chains. Oh, so Alan, and then she's got sorry, yeah, <laughs> Alan Turing. Um, was a code break in the Second World War. Um, oh. he was. He was gay, and he, although he cracked the codes of, like, Nazi, because Nazis were planning to bomb specific areas in the UK, but he managed to crack the codes of where they, they were doing it, because, the, you know, the Nazis kind of did, like, a crypto sort of um, coding um, language. Yeah. That was a bit weird, but um, Alan Turing was actually jailed for being gay. No, not because oh. of war crimes, but for being gay. Uh, was it after he saved? Yeah, after everyone? he after oh, he cracked wow. the codes, uh, someone found out he was gay and the um, arrested him, and it was wild. So this is the thanks I get, <laughs> literally. Jeez. So yeah, um, and I should. But I love the look. Huh? I <laughs> I unfortunately have to disagree. <laughs> it, I okay. I like the look from the neck down. I I don't mind the hair. It's just you know, it's very like. It's not Alan Turing at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fair. It's not Alan Turing, but I think it's inspired because it's got the rainbow binary code. But yeah, no, it doesn't look like Alan Turing at all. I'll give you that. Do you know how Alaska in season five did the sugar ball and she had the soft, like, blonde cropped sort of, like, pixie cut? Yes. I think she did that, like, like a little Marcel wave and the like, pixie cut. I think that would have worked much more effectively than this, like, grey hair. I don't know, it's just sort of uh, like there's a little bit of a disconnect between the hair and the outfit. But I, I mean... Yeah, they don't go together at it, all. It's a lot of <laughs> colours. It's, you know, it's a lot of rainbow. Right, like, why didn't she wear a black and green wig? Yeah. Like, the crack the code matrix. matrix. Yes! <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. But... I do love Tia Coffee. I thought she at least sold it, sold it on the runway. But yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. But I do like the the jacket. I think it's cute. Yes, I think it's. I love the thing. I like I said, everything from the neck down, great. Everything from the neck up, great. Just not together. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, so then we have um, Bimini Boulash, oh. or that's no Bimini Bon Boulash. Gosh, what a name! As Princess Julia. Um. 
All I know is that Princess Julia is a DJ. Um, she is a well, well, she's not, I, she, I don't know who she is, but she's well known apparently for being a DJ. Um, yeah, but like she's kind of like she's kind of fresh, like she's very, she's very, I mean, I was gonna say old, but yeah, she is. Um, but like <laughs> she has a very southern reference, I would say she's very, like, I think a lot of kids would know who she is from down there, but um, yeah, she's she's a DJ. That's I've said that three times now. She's a DJ. Just like, you know, <laughs> um, I know tons about Princess Julia. She's a DJ. And that's really and, it. Uh, she DJs. So DJ yeah, DJs. I I thought the <laughs> I thought the look was cool. Um, yeah, I mean it's safe, but I thought it was cool. Yeah, that's all. I, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Next up, we have Lawrence Cheney as Diana Rigg. Um, I don't know who this is, but I do love this look and it is a great recreation. It's very, um, so I think Diana Rigg was part of the Avengers and, um, I, I thought the Avengers was an American thing, but I guess not. Right. So, was, <laughs> so the Avengers must have been sort of something that was created over here, I guess, and then, you know, took off in America or something, I don't know. But Diana Rigg is, you know... I was t- I turned around and was like, okay, I guess she's sort of like a Bond character or something like that. That's what she looked like. She was giving Bond for right. sure. But... Oh, she acted in the Avengers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so I need answers though of this the Avengers. Like oh, wait. is it the Avengers that we are that we're thinking of? Possibly. Like the Infinity Gauntlet Avengers? Maybe. <laughs> Like what? Okay, let's see. It was a TV series. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, so there was a, a a character who had a bunch of assistants, and his assistants were intelligent, stylish, and assertive women. <laughs> so she she was doing the Emma Peel version of Diana Rigg because I remember Diana Rigg was on Game of Thrones. And I think she was the one that was like, "Uh, tell them I poison Joffrey or something like that." I don't know. That would be fierce if okay. she did that. Imagine her doing like, I poisoned Joffrey. Tell them I did it. That would be fierce. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, so it's not the Avengers superheroes like we were right. thinking. It's a completely totally different Avengers. Thing. Got it. That's for all the stupid Americans like me who don't Listen, know. Listen, same. But, I was yeah. in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next up we have Cherry Valentine as Freddie Mercury in the I Want to Break Free video, which I think is gorgeous. Instantly iconic. I mean, you, you, you can't really, you, as soon as she turned the corner, you were like, yep, yep, I know who that Freddie. is. Freddie, yep, that's, that's Freddie. And Mercury. also, she made it drag while still making it super, like, noticeable, yes. you know? I think that's the mark of a good queen. Like, you can really tell, mm-hmm. you know, it's like making Mr. Bean fashionable. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it was so good. One of my favorites of the week. And then we had Veronica Green as um, wait, Boy George. Boy George, yes. Yeah. So this is a young comic chameleon, Boy George, that she... Yes. Come, 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 um, <laughs> it, It's so good. It's so well done. Like, I don't think she took it to the drag place, yeah. but it's a pretty good, like, recreation um my thing with veronica is i noticed that she wears she wears very little makeup and that's really interesting i hope she changes 
We will see. Maybe it's going to be like a Derek Barry situation where she tries to do it and oh. then like her eyebrows look really fucked. Derek Barry, you're in the bottom too. Oh. My eyebrows <laughs> didn't save me. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was cute. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. I just wish it had a more draggy element somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I think that could have been the makeup, but we'll see. Then we have Ahura as Vivian Westwood. Um, I, I don't, don't get this at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I know the reference. Like, I get like that. Yeah, you like, get. Oh, it's very Vivian Westwood, but like you know, it's not. It's it's one of Vivian Westwood's creations. It's not. I am Vivian Westwood. Right, and it just kind of seemed kind of hodgepodge. Yeah, <laughs> bring it to the hodgepodge. You no, know, um, I think so. When we talk about Tia's inspiration versus Ahura's inspiration, I think you can understand Alan Turing, yeah, but the binary code and stuff like that. But like, I, I don't know, it just seemed like you need to finesse things and kind of make it less like, you know, because Vivian Westwood's pieces, if you remember Nina Flowers um, with the drag on the dime look that she did, that was very Westwood. And the way that Vivian right. kind of creates the silhouette, it is still a marketable, noticeable silhouette. Whereas that was very like, I'm a horror doing an inspiration of Vivian Westwood's clothes, but by me, a horror. So to me, it was kind of like, you need to kind of understand that if you want to do an inspiration, I would probably take more of the tailoring that Vivian Westwood did. But you know what? Like, it was fierce. You know, you could, it was whatever <laughs> yeah yeah i feel you it was it was cute it wasn't my favorite yeah. but it wasn't bad i guess i don't know then we have sister sister she comes out as dusty springfield and it's cute it's pretty but it's very simple yeah i um woo <laughs> um i'm not i this is the thing sister sister hasn't really sprung out in my mind only at the start like so when she came in obviously it was very kitsch very cool very gucci and then she did the dusty spring but i was like eh what so like i would have not chosen dusty springfield because you're choosing a very toned down character right exactly choose someone go big go big uh, so then we have ellie diamond as lily savage you can have gone big I'm not talking about how Ellie Diamond's yeah. six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> she does look six four in this. Like, she oh my goodness! Huge. Like she's not huge. She's tall. She's tall. You can't say a drag queen's huge. She's so bloody tall. Yes. yes. Um. She looks gorgeous though. She's got this big, huge, like blonde wig with a sprayed on brown root, and she she's selling it. So I'm here for that. Um. It Did looks you catch good. what Michelle said? Because I was like gagged when she said it. So Michelle says something like. And they said it never would happen. Or something like that. No, so I, I don't know if it was a reference to for Lily Savage to go on drag race or because Lily Savage, who is Polo Grady, Polo Grady said, um, Drag Race UK will never happen because, you know, um these people that you know, the people who dread like judge it, RuPaul and Michelle, would never get the British humor, blah blah blah. You know, drag is so different. Oh, so, so it was a I think shade. it was a bit shade by Michelle. I love that. I'm gagged by that. I was like, when I was watching, I was like, 
oh my god, as if she just said that. I wouldn't have said that if I was her. I mean, they have yeah, the show. Like, it's not like he's going to get them canceled. Oh. <laughs> I love that. So, next up, we have Tace as Naomi Campbell. What did you think about her interpretation? This, oh my god. Like, so, Asina did a very modern take on, like, Naomi, which is great, you know. Go for the go for the gold if you want to go for the gold. But you know, this is what I think of when I think of Naomi Campbell. I think of Naomi Campbell in nineteen nineties, strutting down, you know, the runway. But also I think of like when she was on the Tyra show and Tyra was like, um, you terrify me. And she was like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, she was definitely giving the attitude of Naomi yeah. Campbell. But here's my thing, and this is why I think Astina ended up uh winning over taste is because this also gave me taste it didn't give me pure naomi because like naomi would never do all the things that taste did on the runway because she's selling the garment and not necessarily selling herself but taste is selling herself to the judges so she certainly got the attitude down but some of the mannerisms were giving me like i'm taste hello nice to meet you yeah (laughs) So, um, but I think it's gorgeous. She looks amazing. Definitely one of my top looks of the Yes. All right. Let's get into these hometown looks. We've got the Queen of Brighton. Oh, this is stunning. I thought it was gorgeous too. And if I didn't know that the Brighton Pavilion was white, I wouldn't have any problems with this look. Do you know what though? The Brighton Pavilion is white outside, but do you know what is inside? Gold. Oh, so, see? So well, it's really annoying because, American. like, Joe, when Joe, they were saying, oh, Brian Pavilion's but Joe literally should have said, well, the interior is gold. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I, I think that maybe saying something like that could have helped with the outcome, but maybe oh, not. It's I don't just know. sad. It's just sad. <laughs> I'm, if I get on Drag Race, I'm clapping back as much as possible. <laughs> like, I would have said, have you ever been inside, Rue? <laughs> have you been <laughs> to the northeast of England? I don't think you have. Michelle, have you ever gone inside? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Oh, uh, So next up we have Estina Mandela. And she's giving us East London. Oh my God. East London gal. Literally. Um, I don't care where this fucking jacket comes from. It's cute. And she's got on these short shorts. She's got braids with gold accents, gold chain, gold, like, everything, and a box of chicken. See, but this <laughs> is the thing. Purple and gold go so well together with black. Yes. It is, oh, my God. Uh, how the hell? So, a little gripe here, because I get really annoyed when queens are like, like, it was the whole Joey J thing as well. They were like, this is chicken feathers. Oh, my God. But, like, you know, use what you've got. You know, if you can style an outfit mm-hmm. from ASOS, well, style an outfit from ASOS, well. You know, I've got a bunch of shit from, like, Pretty Little Thing, like, Misguided, whatever. You just style it well and, you know, things go well. And those kids literally look like that in Southeast London. They'll go to the chicken shop and, you know... They're all wearing like booty shorts and puffer jackets. And, you know, I I did really well (laughs) to kind of portray that, you know. But that's my thing. That's realness. Like it was immediately like it gave me realness, but it also gave me dress. It gave me elevated, but also like down to earth. So I'm about it. Like if I saw her 
on like public transit or walking down the street looking like that, I would think, is that a celebrity? Like, should I know who that is? Like, she looks too good to just be a pedestrian. Very great. Like a mojo so, from like, you know, one of those high fashion brands. She's like, you know, I'm a boss, babe. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I was here for it. I thought it was great. Um, and I agree. There's kind of a debate going around uh, because Evie Oddly said that, you know, she's tired of seeing the same four uh, costumers or, or designers on yes. Drag Race in that what happened to the days of, like, pulling separates? Like, Aja also said this, that, like, you know, you would not, not Aja, Raja yeah, said um, that, like, you know, you would pull different parts and put them together and, like, make something. And that, to me, is drag. Like, making something out of nothing is literally, right. like, my second definition Absolutely of drag. Same. You know? Absolutely so, same. I respect it. And just because she didn't have to spend an arm and a leg, a horror, doesn't mean that she isn't a good drag queen or that she's not going to excel. T. T. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got the Queen of Worcester, Jenny Lynn. So, see, she is portraying a drag king of Worcester, which is. I love that. Beautiful. Vestatilly, who, yeah, Vestatilly was the first ever drag king um, in the UK, I think, recorded. I'm not going to say um, first drag queen ever. Drag king, right, sorry. Right, right. Um, but ever recorded Vestatilly. Um, really iconic, I would say so. So really great job to kind of say in Worcester, there you go. Like, this is what the Queen of Worcester would wear, you know, paying homage to. I love that. I think that there should be more drag king representation. And, uh, you know, to me, it kind of feels like uh, the drag queens pushing the series along, you know, like nudging them towards like, hey, I'm doing a drag king look. And it's good, so you can't send me home for it. So, right, uh, <laughs> truly, you know, like let's get some inclusion up in Honestly, here. I loved it; absolutely amazing. <sighs> then we have Tia Coffee, who gives us the Queen of Nottingham, um, and she is giving us uh, Sherwood Forest. She's giving us uh, Robin Hood. Yes, <laughs> um, I, I really enjoy sort of the cuts. I love the hood. I love that. I would probably say that the wig is, you know, you know, that ginger wig, it's a bit, it's one of those Amazon wigs, you know, the ones you can find them on Amazon. <laughs> you just, all you got to do is, you know, get those, get those, um, what they're called, tweezers, get those tweezers and just pluck a few hairs out to make that look a little bit more realistic. And that would have been great. Because yeah. it was a close up shot. We will see in a second. Um, and well, later on in the episode of her when she's talking to someone else and you can tell the band where the lace is and then the band of where the hair root is supposed to be so I think those sort of Amazon wigs and I mean I'm guilty of it too you know those nice little slick back wigs they are you know but we're not not drag race yet yeah exactly (laughs) we can say this (laughs) but the whole (laughs) ventilation thing could have been a bit more exciting and fun so yeah exactly exactly so uh, that's tia coffee then we have the queen of norwich bimini bomboulash which she comes out in this like uh soccer sort of like sexy look it is yes <laughs> i mean 
I'm not gonna lie, I really enjoy um a stalker look because I did the same. I would have done the same. <laughs> Actually, I you I would have probably done a, something a bit more recognizable, but you know, Norwich is Norwich. Like you you probably know where that is. But my thing is I really enjoy Bimini's hair choices. Maybe it's just the style of drag that I do, but the way that they are styled is incredible. Uh, okay, I was just going to say the only thing I don't like is the <laughs> hair. But I don't dislike it because it's not good or doesn't go with the outfit. I just don't like it because it's a mullet and I'm oh, tired God. of seeing mullets. I mean, mullets. she's the mullet queen, isn't she? She's had... Right, like, this is her third mullet if you count the confessional. So... <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I mean, a bit of versatility here and there would be good. <laughs> but it does go with the look, and it is cute, and I think that she did a pretty good job. Um, so then this next look has to be my favorite. Oh. Um, I, I, uh, ah, it's so good. It's the Queen of you. Glasgow, Lawrence Cheney. Um, she's wearing the stained glass latex number... And it's such a smart choice. She's giving you Charles Rennie Macintosh, who's one of the famous artists from yeah. Glasgow. So I was like, that's just genius. I to think me. Um, uh, I uh, I don't like the boa. I think she should have done her first stall instead. But you know, that's just me. Okay, I think that's valid, but also yep. nitpicky. <laughs> that's me, but. <laughs> I, I mean, I still think it's valid. Like, you know, like, sure, she could have done a feather, but I don't think it would have taken, taken away, away at from, all. It's you know, just, or, or... that was, like, yeah. what a great choice, you know. I, you've got to respect people for not being like, what, well, I rolled my eyes when Michelle said I killed, but, you know, I think my thing with Scotland is you've got quite a lot of interesting things to go from, you know, um, in, including Glasgow as well, you could do quite a lot with the architecture up in Glasgow. But for her to turn around and say, I'm going to do an artist that um, did a lot of glass blowing and a lot of like, you know, nice, interesting sort of things, like kind of like Mondrian, that, that was really, mm -hmm. really um, intelligent to do. Right. It really does show that she is not only quick witted, she's yeah, smart. Exactly. <laughs> So next we get the Queen of Darlington. It's Cherry Valentine. <laughs> she comes out in this like smoky chimney, ashy clock tower look, which I thought was super cute. She does the the old gag the of having uh, powder in your hand and you yeah. blow into it. <laughs> so and I thought that was cute. So okay, her look is inspired by the Darlington. I think it's the. She said. I think it's a clock, but it's also it's so a train, yeah. A train, because right? in the back there's a train, but, so like griddle. Yeah, exactly. So too. I, I think she's yeah. combining concepts. So, and maybe it was the station. I don't know, but um, because as a northern eastern person, um, <laughs> I said that's so much. But like, <laughs> my thing is like. Cherry Valentine is from Darlington, which is literally just down the road from where I am. It's only 14 miles away. Um, and, you know, the Northeast was a very sort of like coal mine centric. It was where all the coal mines were, essentially. And 
for me, I, when she came around the corner, I was like, oh, she's going to do something like inspired by the coal mines. Like that's one of my ideas out the window. Great. But to do something as important as, you know, the train trade, which did start in Darlington, it was, that's incredible to think like, you know, you're going down a route that not many people think about, you know, um, trains are sort of like a massive thing up here. You know, you you can hop on a train, take an hour to get to Manchester and there you go. Um, so for me, it was quite nice to kind of see her go down that route. Yeah, I love anytime someone does something that's not the expected, but it's yes. still iconic, you know, like that I think is a really good way she... Um, did that. So yes. next we have um, the Queen of Lancashire, Veronica Green. <laughs> I'm probably butchering that name. But... No, you were you were you did great. Okay, <laughs> you good, did great okay, because I was like, ah, but yeah. All right. So she is um, a rose, but upside down. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> I don't it's hate. Just... I don't hate it, but I don't like it. It's like it's sort of a cop out, you know. Like I'm upside down, room. like ooh, like yeah, great. It's just sort of an excuse to kind of wear this really elegant gown that could potentially be, you know, something Anything. for the finale. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think just... it's it goes right back to what we were just talking about about thinking outside the box. Like that's obviously one of the first things you're gonna think of. Like I don't know much about Lancashire, but like. I've heard of the the rose, <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that's like an easy way to do it. And I feel like if you're going to do a rose, there are a lot of more interesting ways to do it. Yes. Uh, but as a look by itself, she looked gorgeous. It was pretty. It was well done. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like, I think because, you know, I'm from a seaside town. She's fr so Lancashire is where Blackpool is. Um, and Blackpool, I don't know how much you know about Blackpool, but it's a seaside town as well. You know, it's famous for the Blackpool ballroom scene. So she could have, she could have easily spin it around and said, I'm wearing a ball gown because Blackpool is the place where the tower ball is or something like that. Like she could have easily said anything to do with that gown, which is infuriating. <laughs> it's maddening. No, um, I just think she could have been a bit more intelligent with, you know, going in, into Lancashire maybe you know picking a specific location instead of being like this is the flag I'm the flag <laughs> right, right exactly so we'll see we'll see I don't know we'll see what else happens Veronica. I don't know about her <laughs> but um then we have Ahura and she's from Nottinghamshire <laughs> oh Battle of the Robin Hoods yeah but I think I like hers better <laughs> I agree I am sorry about it but um Ahura, that little crop cut is so cute. I really enjoy those types of wigs. Yeah, she's working it. It really works for her face and like the entire look. Yeah. Um, fun fact about this outfit, her mother made this with her. Oh, cute. We love a family function. And you know, I just this is the this is the thing. Like she's paired the green very well. She's got green, like a little green tinge in her makeup as well, you know, mm -hmm. and the red little feather too. That was great. Great. Yeah. Great. I love it. <laughs> um, her personality, not so much, but the outfit, absolutely. Personality three, looks nine. <laughs> <laughs> then we have a sister sister who's giving us Liverpool and she is dressed like 
She's um, she says that the women there are known for going to the grocery in their pajamas with their rollers in their hair and no shame. So I love this because it's a complete character and yes. I think it's still very draggy. So I'm here for it. <laughs> My only issue with this is that, you know, I, <laughs> it's sort of universal. The whole, um, you know, women go to the shop to get the, you know, within the pajamas. I've seen that done up here too. So it's kind of like, it's sort of a universal thing. I think for Liverpool, I mean, it's tough to beat because the Vivian did the most iconic Liverpool playing, mm -hmm. I guess, yep. on the planet. Um, right. It would have been nice to see a different take. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's what everyone, like, I think th that's the sort of missing critique for Sister Sister this week when we get towards the end of, you know, the runway, is that you you see this beautiful sort of look, but also, you know, that it's universal. It's sort of, you know, it's, it could be done to death, essentially. You, someone from, you know, Scotland could do that and be like, well, Scottish women do the same. Like, right. <laughs> could be done, you know. Exactly. Then we have the Barbie doll of Dundee, Ellie Diamond, coming out in a Dennis the Menace look, which is so well done and so cute. I am sold on her. <laughs> the, honestly, and you know, we we soon learned that Ellie made this herself as well. Yep. Which is insane. She made the latex look herself. That is wow. Um, what was the so okay. I didn't know that the Beano was made in Dundee. That This was a history lesson for me, really. Yeah, I didn't either. But I mean, I'm happy to know <laughs> that now. Um, yeah. And it just works so well for the look. She gave us a bodysuit with some chaps and she had this beautiful stacked wig. She had the little uh, slingshot and the dog. It was just all the elements were right. She sold it well. And I yes. can't wait to see more from her. <laughs> I can't either. I'm very excited to. Next, we've got uh, the Queen of Newport, Tace, giving us a dragon. It's wow. I, uh, this is the thing, and you know, you can clearly tell there's a lot of thought put into everything that Tace is bringing. Yeah. And, you know, this is this. This is a very simple garment as well. Like you can tell, cause you just, I saw there, this is a probably a, like a little slip dress underneath with ostrich plumes. And it's just, this is, it's so simply like created, but it's so put together. It's polished. It's style, yeah, it's styled so well with the red gloves and you know, the red, the. To the dragon sort of like horns for the hair as well this is really well done and you know the red pumps too she's got just the right amount of like little um details in style that really push this over the edge absolutely like the hair is what took it over the top for me because it's like without the hair it would be probably maybe too simple but the hair yes. just like makes it like so cohesive so polished and like I know it costs money because those feathers are not cheap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, oh, the case. Wow. Oh, and I just noticed that the fur is on the gloves too. Genius. Yes. Lovely. So yeah, and that is the runway. So yeah, 
I, that was a lot of looks. Um, certainly not that. as many as the first episode of the U.S. this season. They had to do like three looks, but um, <laughs> God, yeah. Now we see that Cherry Valentine, Veronica Green, um, Tia Coffee, and Ahora, as well as Ginny Lemon, as well as Taze. Oh yes, are all safe. Wow, what do you think? I oh, I would have put Taste in the top three. Yeah, I thought she did a great job with all of it, but I think a lot of times it's mind games, and I think that they know that Taste is like a big fish, and that if they put her in the top too early, you know, it's gonna be not, it's not gonna give her that trajectory. Yeah. And also, I think if she's not in the top, it gives her a reason to be upset, and they want that. <laughs> yeah which is why of course she was in the uh, not in the top and Estina ends up winning the episode so yeah yeah <laughs> so um, then we get into the critiques they didn't really like uh, the Brighton Pavilion on Joe Black because it wasn't white but we already talked yeah. about how it's yellow on the inside so like maybe you should instead of telling joe not to overthink it maybe you should think about it more michelle um <laughs> but i thought it was a cute look i don't i don't know i i disagree with all the critiques yeah yeah <laughs> i just i mean but my thing is i was thinking about this who else would you have put in the bottom like i thought everyone did a pretty great job this week i would have said I would have said Veronica <laughs> or Tia. Oh yeah, definitely Veronica. Yeah, Veronica. I think Veronica is sort of like, this is the thing. And I just think, you know, boy George, you know, it wasn't a lot of makeup. And, you know, you think these girls did, like even like Cherry Valentine, as we said, took it to a level of very draggy drag. Yes. And I think, you know, they were, pro there's probably like, I don't know, Kylie Minogue. No, Kylie Minogue's Australian, never mind. But like, <laughs> she could have done someone like, you know, so, like some pop star or something like that. Like, that is a gay icon and really transformed it into her drag because she does have that aesthetic. But like, then her hometown look is very much like, you know, um, a ball gown with a huge sort of ring on it. And it's like, I, I think she needs to get out of this headspace of like, I am with these girls that I'm a fan of. And she needs to realize that she is competing. with these girls. She's competing yeah. against these girls. You can't be like, you can fangirl like, you know, in the downtime maybe, or like be like, I'm just a huge fan, you know. Um, but, you know, you're in a competition and you've got to be like, you know, you've got to have your, your fists ready to like hit someone really exactly. in that like, Show in that environment. Yes. So they talk about um, bamboo, bam, gosh. Bimini bamboo lash. Bimini bamboo lash. I knew I was going to mess it up by the end of the episode because I have to think really hard every time I say it. Um, they talk about how her tape is showing in the back, which I thought was funny. Um, yeah. And then, you know, they love Lawrence Cheney. They love Estina. Um, and who else did they love? They loved Ellie with the, um, so Ellie's like, this is the, this is something about a latex gown that Michelle said. And then um, Ellie was like, 
oh well you know I couldn't afford the nice plastic like Lawrence but I made this myself and right like... exactly I love that moment so it's clear that Estina Lawrence and Ellie are the top three and that Joe uh Bimini and um sister sister in the five yeah <laughs> I love that during the viewing party somebody was like well we have sister sister and Tia so where's Tamara <laughs> um, she's in the car she's waiting <laughs> right so then we um, get a little untucked moment with the girls because there is no untucked for UK. Nope. And we get more of a horror being a shady cunt talking about Tia's hair and, you know, just more of that. Um, then, of course, the sadness of Joe Black being like, fingers crossed that she doesn't have to lip sync. Oh, it's so sad. Ugh, but I it kind of makes me miss the days when Untucked was a part of the episode. Sometimes yeah. in the US version, I don't feel like it needs to be a dedicated other show. Yeah. I think this is the thing. The BBC doesn't have the license to do two different shows, which is great because then you get the sort of like microcosm of when the judges are deliberating and the girls are essentially on sort of soft ice, I would say, because that's, yes. that's the term that they call it. Um, so I love that. The, 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 it's great, isn't it? You kind of get that like moment of like, okay, the girls are getting, you know, they're deliberating, and the judges are deliberating, but the girls are sort of like, um, the girls are fighting. No, um, right. <laughs> but that's the too. thing. It also gives you that context. Like in Untucked, it's out of context. Whereas now you get to see while they're deliberating what's going on in the workroom. And let's say they all come back out and somebody's mad because of what happened in Untucked, it's removed until you see Untucked later, you yes, know? exactly. So I love that it keeps everything in context. Um, and, you know, it also doesn't need to be as long. Like it doesn't need to be a 30 minute thing every time. Like sometimes it is just five minutes long and that's all we need, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly, true, truly. But they like stretch it out and they show a girl sipping her drink three different times and it's like, <laughs> oh girl, come on. Honestly. But anyway, the judges deliberate and sadly it is Joe Black and Bimini Boulash, Bimini Bomb Boulash <laughs> in the bottom two. And they have to lip sync against each other, which I think sucks for Joe because she's in this freaking big ass ga like gown garment. Yeah. And Bimini's in this like slutty ass out soccer costume. But but she's wearing sync. 10 inch heels. That's what she said. She's like, I'm wearing these fucking boots. And it's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, that's about all you wear. Um, but yeah, I love that Joe says handbags at dawn. <laughs> so funny. So then they perform Relax, which I think is super great. It's an iconic song. Yeah. Um, totally think... fitting for this moment because they are totally relaxed, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, God. I know. God. Frankie goes to Hollywood as a first. So I'm a gay Scott. I know a bit of gay history. <laughs> yeah. Um, so gay. Um, but... Frankie Goes to Hollywood was one of the first sort of like um, they were one of the first sort of like bands to kind of create like a safe space for gay people and Relax is one of those songs that people didn't realise was about gay sex. Oh, I didn't know, but that makes sense. Oh 
Yeah. That's hilarious. So in the lip sync, Joe's giving like cabaret camp and I love it. Yeah. Uh, Bimini's, I don't really know what she's doing. I kind of enjoy, I, so the cameras obviously favor the people who are going to win, obviously. Right. Bimini is like, she gets on the floor quite a lot of times and also she does like a headstand or like a handstand type thing and she's like pushing herself up and like in these like pole dancery like moves and it's really entertaining to watch but you know my eye always goes to joe because joe is very cabaret like the way yeah and captivating she does this cool thing that i don't think got enough airtime where she like starts to sit down on like her dress basically like she's literally pretending she's in an elevator (gasps) and like (laughs) waiting for the chorus to hit and or like you know the high point of the song and then she like opens her hands like she's opening the elevator door and i'm like that is so genius like stuff like that i think is way more impressive than that weird like neck stand thing that she did yes but you know bimini did a split so the winner is bimini bomb (laughs) boulash Hits and kicks and eight counts really help it's so bad but I don't think that she should have gone home either way. I think that, you know, if Sister Sister, who was also in the bottom three, was in that lip sync, that maybe Joe would have survived. I also yeah. think that, you know, Veronica might not have deserved to be safe. But, you know, Ooh. who knows? <laughs> but that concludes our first episode of Drag Race UK. And a living legend gets sent home. Way to oh. start the season, Rue. Way to start know, the season. it's... Oh. I think the echo chamber to echo chamber RuPaul, um, you know, this is a very strong cast. And, you know, yeah. you from from me to you in the UK, this is um, really some of the most iconic characters in the UK. There's a quite tight knit sort of like, obviously, amount of drag queens in the UK that are well known. Um and you'll be able to point out and be like, oh, they're well known. Oh, I'll see them on Drag Race or something like that. It's right. very much like you can tell who's going to be on Drag Race or will be sort of in the midst of becoming a rude girl over here. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's different in America because you've got like, you know, all the states. Essentially, one state in America is about the size of the UK. So <laughs> you can't kind of thing like that, um, which is unfortunate. But, you know, you you it's like one in ten for like what one in ten like drag queens in the UK, Versus but then it's one like one in a million. <laughs> one in a million is in fucking America, so it's kind of like it's it's a bit sad in it, but yeah. But I just I just I think it's a tragedy that Joe got sent home. I hope it doesn't affect her career because I certainly think she deserves so much more. You know? Yes, I agree. But you know, that's how the cookie crumbles on Drag Race. You never know who's going to get sent home first. Truly. Um, so, yeah. But that is the end of the episode. Next week, we have a, a musical, a rusical. Um, so rats. that's going to be interesting. It's called and, Rats. Um, yeah. So I guess that ends our recap. Now let's talk about any tea or speculation that we have about Drag Race UK. So, well, we we know for a fact that Drag Race UK filmed around four or five episodes before um, the national lockdown happened. Yep. 
and then it refilmed, started refilming in October and November this past year. And um, the the girls are now, you know, we don't we don't know what's happening, what's gonna happen, but you know, we're gonna have to see. Um, I'm quite excited because you know there are rumors that there are going to be more than one design challenge this season, which was That's really exciting. good, right? Because you know, last season there was just a you know the what was it called the garage sale challenge where they so they had like a car boot sale and they had just a car come in with a bunch of shit in it and they had to grab whatever was in the car and you know i really enjoyed design challenges as you know like we sort of had a few we've had a few run-ins with design challenges until <laughs> <laughs> there's drag race and you know this is the thing i think we come from a background where we had to be very resourceful and you know we don't have people making custom clothes for us and stuff like that whereas a lot of people are very lucky nowadays where people will offer those services if you are mm -hmm. a young queen or if you get in with the right crowd yeah um, and i think you know like drag race should go back to sort of showing people that you can make something out of nothing and it's so focused nowadays on what you what but you what are you wearing who are, are you, you wearing? Yeah, who are you wearing? <laughs> Do we want to crown them instead? Maybe. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, but I, I'm excited to see how that goes for, um, you know, like the Cherry Valentines and the uh, Ellie Diamond. Yeah. And also Ahura. I'm sure they'll excel at those. Um, but some of the rest of the girls, I think I worry for them as well. Yeah. But um, speaking of the other girls, I did hear that one of the contestants, like... Uh, uh, swears at Rue in a <gasps> yes. fit of rage and I heard it's Jenny Lemon <laughs> I I heard that too and I'm very excited for that I, I it's, this is the thing like as much as I can turn around and say you know it's very camaraderie blah 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 um I I will always remember Ginny Lemon telling Simon Cal to fuck off <laughs> 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 on X Factor and it was the funniest thing it was honestly her, she is drama but she knows that it is captivating and you know I'm guaranteed that if it is her she will be laughing her ass off when she I, leaves the stage I love that I really 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 hope someone tells Rue to fuck off <laughs> <laughs> really iconic and you know if she doesn't get back on All Stars, that's a shame. But, you know, you're wasting time there. <laughs> you exactly. wasted a perfectly good spot. She is I an mean, icon. Exactly. She's already an icon. I think she's got a, a fan base from the very beginning. So, you know, I'm not yes. too worried about Miss Jenny Lemon. And plus, you'll probably get tons of street cred just for saying fuck off the RuPaul. Because right. so many people want to. Um, any more tea or speculation that you heard? Um, well, I've heard that... Um, Apparently, and this is another speculative thing, um, one of the competitors actually comes down with Miss Rona. How? Has to Aren't they in solitude? So because the filming had to be suspended because of the national lockdown, they all oh. they all had to go back home. So it was sort of the time where they had to sort of, you know, they were advised to hone their crafts. And sort of like, you know, get a bit better at, you know, um, doing the drags. And one of them, unfortunately, caught 
Rona and it was you know they get um disqualified but apparently wow. they have an open invitation to return yeah to return for the next season so we'll see what happens okay that's interesting because like you can't disqualify someone just for getting sick but i guess you can but also just the idea that you would get a break in the middle to get to come back oh my gosh yeah like i would be trying to pull all kinds of stunts in that time like okay who can help me make this um, the, the critique has been this, so I need to turn that on its head. This outfit's got to go. We got to do something different. Like, oh my gosh, I wonder if it's going to be like a little bit different once they come back. Yeah. And I'll definitely be looking out for it if I can see it in the edit. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, season three got suspended for, I think, three weeks because RuPaul got ill. And, mm-hmm. you know, you see Mariah just randomly has a beard. Right, <laughs> one of the yes. one of the professionals, and you're like, "How the fuck has she got a beard?" <laughs> I remember watching it and thinking, "Like, is that a lace front beard? Like, how did she? What did <laughs> did she put that on? What is going on? What the hell?" Right. <laughs> so it's always been a mystery and a bit of a you know scandal to hear about the Drag Race filming schedule and how long they get and how long it takes. So this is very interesting. Right. I can't wait to get to that point in the season and and get to sort of like speculate more <laughs> oh it's very interesting i can't wait we might have to have you as like a special correspondent on a future podcast to oh come my and God. give us the tea <laughs> that'd be iconic i would love that <laughs> i think you're the only uk queen i know so oh, well hey <laughs> so we will have you um come in and give us some intel so yeah <laughs> but thank you so 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 much for a being a part of the virtual viewing party and b being on my podcast i'm so grateful for you thank you (laughs) thank you no thank you i appreciate everything that you've done for me and honestly like you know you've you've created this very lovely little um area of digital drag that has has genuine genuinely changed my sort of life for the past year and a bit now and i can't i can't thank you enough though honestly thank you so much well, you're welcome. I That's literally what we set out to do. So that makes me feel so great to know that we achieved our mission because I knew that if I wasn't creating or working on something, that it was not going to be good for me. Like it was just, I, <laughs> Same, I oh need to be moving. I need to be creating. I need to be doing something. So we were like, let's make a drag festival, cyber distancing, and like <laughs> come up with a way to give people something to do and not just do it for ourselves, but do it for a, a larger community. And that includes people like you who are doing amazing, amazing work. So oh. Ev- oh. <laughs> everyone who's listening, go check out Sally Trademark. Look at some of her digital drag. It's phenomenal. And yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, everyone listening. And uh, yeah, stay safe out there. Don't catch that new strain of Rona, girl. <laughs> Wash your hands, wear a mask. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, good night. <laughs> good night. All right, that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I can't wait to do it again next week. Anchor allows you to send in voice messages, so check out the link in the episode notes if you have any questions or comments for the show, and we just might respond to them on air. Until next time, keep it cute, keep it real, and don't let anyone steal your joy. I'm Laveau Contraire, and this has been Local Drag. <laughs>